Hello and welcome to For Heaven's Sake, a 7th Heaven podcast. This is episode 1110 titled, You Don't Know What You've Got Till He's Gone. And we are your co-hosts, Lady J. And T. How are you, T? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. <gasps> and I just wanted to sing, um, You Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone. Mm. Pave paradise, you put up a parking lot. Who's the original singer of that? Damn it. I don't know. It's some woman. It's like one of those like songstresses, right? Of old. Probably. Like like a Janis Joplin type. Because the only version that like the first time I ever heard that song, it was the County Crows one from the end from the end credits of two weeks notice. I know. Not a bad cover. (laughs) It's just the one that I hear in my head. You know? Same. <laughs> I'm, I'm with it also, you. I mean, I guess it makes sense because of the line about they've paved paradise to put a parking lot, but yeah. like the rest of that song really has nothing to do nope. with the stuff addressed nothing. in two weeks' notice. <laughs> I love two weeks' notice. Oh, man. Uh, so this episode. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Another two parter this season. Like another, like. This is one, and then the next one is like it's it's sister, it's like soul sister, if you yeah. will. Um, and as usual, this one is less interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it is less interesting. Do you think it's it's weird because it feels like a, I, I I don't how how can, what would you call this? I don't feel like it's a two parter. It feels like it's a three parter with this. Okay, explain like, that. Just the continuation of like with the whole Ruthie thing, and then at the end of this. The way this episode ends. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, well, that, I'm talking about like, this is part one and then the next one is part two. Oh, sorry. I was thinking that you were considering the first one part one and then this oh, part no. two. No, sorry. <laughs> Guys, it's early. <laughs> uh, yeah. And listen, we owe it to our listeners to peel back the curtain. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> we, we recorded episodes 9, 10, and 11 all at once a few days ago. And our files for like half of nine and ten were corrupted. Oh, God. <laughs> so here we are at nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday mm-hmm. trying to recreate some of the magic. <laughs> Guys, we don't have lights. I'm kidding. I'm so kidding. <laughs> now, listen, we're going to do it justice. We know this episode really well. And we wanted to give you guys the best version of it possible. So yeah, we're just dedicated. That's the truth. Yeah, that's, we're dedicated. You know, we care. We're yeah. at the tail end of this thing, but we care. Yeah, we love you guys. So <laughs> we love you, heaven heads. Um, so okay, what's cool about this episode is it definitely is what I like to call like a concept or like a gimmicky kind okay. of a thing, right? Because essentially, the whole episode revolves around Eric. Um, in the first half giving all this like tough love advice to six or seven people that are like coming to him in in the church, you know, like, which is just another day for Eric, but I'm sure in light of his diagnosis and in light of, you know, the clock on his lifetime lifeline or whatever, like he seems to be throwing caution to the wind, no holds barred. Yeah. Like he's not going to like cushion it. He's not going to be PC. He's just going to be like, listen, dude, this is what you need to do. Yeah. Kind of a and thing. And it's about time. Yeah. Good for him. Or, After all these years yeah. and the trust he's built with this community. Uh-huh. I think 
he owes it to himself to not like baby gloves anymore, you know? Yeah. Especially because like you said, he's been around in this community and they've been coming to him for so many years. And if you're, if you keep coming to someone with the same damn problem and there's no solution, all right, that's it. Gloves are off. Right. I I mean, yeah. Right. Now I'm thinking about, especially that, that old woman, um, for 70 years has been holding on to that. <sighs> Seriously. To that heartbreak that her mother didn't buy her a doll. Honestly, all of their problems seem so lame. Like if you think about it, which, which let's get into okay. each of them. Right. So, yeah. okay. So the first one is, I don't know the, I, and I don't know any of these people's names. I don't either. I just a, remember. A lot of them don't even get names. I just remember Pearl, <clears throat> Aunt Pearl. And it's not even the girl. It's that's not even the person's and name. Yeah. Phil. Okay. So. So this girl, let's call her A. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so A comes in and Eric's telling her like, or no, she's basically complaining that, you know, she's got to go to this reunion at her Aunt Pearl's house. Yeah. And every time they do this thing, Aunt Pearl's like breathing down her throat. Like, when are you going to get married? When are mm-hmm. you going to have kids? And she just doesn't like that. She doesn't like want to be putting herself through that kind yeah. of a thing. And so Eric to her is like, listen, Either you want to get married and have kids, in which case start doing something about it. Yeah. <laughs> like figure exactly. it out and tell Aunt Pearl that. Or you don't want that for yourself and tell Aunt Pearl that. Like stop, yeah. stop like mincing words or whatever. Just like tell her you're not interested. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, but I am interested. And he's like, OK, well, then do something about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> like go start dating. I don't know. Put yourself, Put yourself out. out there. Exactly. I didn't mean to step on you there. No, but it, <clears throat> it's all good. <laughs> um yeah, so that's one. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to, or we fade to, more yeah. like, <laughs> um, this man, that's Phil, right? Yeah. And he's he's overweight, mm-hmm. and um, he actually doesn't do any talking in this whole moment. You realize it's all Eric talking to him? Yeah. He, I don't know that he ever says anything. True. He's like it's, it's like physically he's... Physically reacting. Yeah, he's just giving him his diagnosis, basically. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Eric's telling him, like, you know what I think your problem is? I think you have trouble losing weight because your wife mm-hmm. shames you about yeah. your weight. And so you're in this like shame spiral about it, which you can't get out of. So you're not actually like making progress on losing weight. Yeah. And so he goes like, just get out there. Stop thinking about it. Just do it. Like walk, eat healthy, exercise, do what you got to do. Like there's no time like the present or, you know, whatever. Basically. And Phil's like, "Mm," like, he's like nodding. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I guess so. Um, Poor guy. I, I was about to nod on the podcast. <laughs> like I started. I started nodding, and I and I know no one can see me. <laughs> We've been saying for two and a half years that we should have been recording this. Are po- doing this podcast? I don't know that we ever will. now, but I know it's just always fun. Every time we we play the you know the credits in the beginning, yeah. just the music. We're always shifting our shoulders always. or bouncing them, and yeah, even whatever. after all this time, it still like gets something out of us. Oh yeah, <laughs> we throw our fists in the air like we just watched Breakfast Club, like you know. Um. Okay, and then the next person is I want to say the girl or woman. I guess she's not a young girl. <laughs> the the lady who has fallen out with her brother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because. I guess however many years ago, I think 10 ish. Yeah. Years that's ago. what she made. Yeah. A decade. <laughs> yeah. Um, she accidentally broke up her brother and his fiance because she told the fiance that he might still have feelings for his ex or something yeah, like that. Something like that. Some complicated, unnecessarily stupid mm-hmm. story, but here we are. Um, 
And so they've, so the brother like has held a grudge and they haven't spoken for 10 years. Yeah. And Eric's here is just like, dude, like if you're over it, reach out, be the bigger person, make the first move. Like this yeah. is like stupid on both of your parts. Mm-hmm. What are you waiting for? You know, like exactly. life is short. Love the people that you love kind mm-hmm. of thing, whatever. And and I love too that may, maybe it's not that stupid and random because clearly like these storylines are like geared to Eric, right? Like, yeah, it's it, like Eric might as well be giving his himself advice here, you know, kind of a thing. Because yeah. he's telling everybody just like stop dancing around the subject and just do like make a decision already, right. do something, right? Yeah, or or reach out to the ones you love, mm-hmm. like go for love, kind of, you know, or yeah. whatever. Or like in the case of Phil, like exercise, eat healthy, like the game's not over yet, kind of a thing, you know. Oh, Eric, yeah. I guess you're tired of all I know you're tired (laughs) of all the salads right (laughs) um so okay then the next one is the man who's got young children who all they want for Christmas is like a PlayStation yeah but it sounds like he really can't afford it and so he doesn't know how to say no to them yeah that's what it sounds like because that's all they really want Mm -hmm. and so Eric's there to tell him like no trust me give them your love like give them the gift of time with you because whether they like it or not right now in the future like it'll pay off like they'll appreciate it oh yeah that that you spent time with them that you didn't just throw money at the problem exactly that you were there for christmas that kind of a thing and then people need to hear that more often that's so true people need to really hear that more often let's be honest you know what's funny so my brother is I'll call him a highly sensitive kid. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean that like in the factual sense, like yeah. he's very like sensitive to his surroundings and uh-huh. he's very like in tune with vibes and energies and stuff. And Christmas he expressed to me, I hope I'm not like, you know, breaking his confidence by talking about it. I know he doesn't listen to this, but um, he expressed to me this last Christmas that, um, he really doesn't like Christmas because it really makes him feel anxiety mm. of like the stress of the, the anticipation and expectation around it, uh, you know? Huh. And it kind of like broke my heart a little bit Yeah, because mind you, and I, and, and I told him it's the truth. I kind of get it. Like I have yeah. the same vibes about Christmas too. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I love Thanksgiving. And that's why he also said the same thing because with Thanksgiving, there's no expectations. You just show yeah. up and eat and have a good time kind of a thing. Yeah. You know? With Christmas, there's, like a lot of like pressure put on it, you know, yeah. like you got to get together because like Christmas means family, you mm-hmm. know, there's got to be some level of gift exchange, whatever that is, even if it's like two dollars or three dollars. It's like yeah. there's something about that. You have to do that, you know. Yeah, of course, you don't have to. But like there's that expectation around mm-hmm. it, you know, and and then just like all the hullabaloo <laughs> tied to this like one day of the year. It's true. And and his and he was just like not here for it last year, you know. He was mm-hmm. just like he was so over it and so tired of it. We didn't do Christmas like he didn't do Christmas morning with us. He didn't want to because my entire life for mm-hmm. so for thirty plus years, yeah. No matter where we are, like I've already moved out. Doesn't matter. Christmas morning, we are all the all together, like all five of us, yeah, underneath the Christmas tree opening whatever like little gift our like our parents have gotten for us you know that uh-huh. year like we always do christmas morning together we never have not and this year he just didn't do it like he couldn't 
and didn't want to. That's interesting. And okay. so he was working out upstairs <laughs> in the bathroom doing his workout routine and the rest of us did our thing and honestly it was fine yeah it didn't feel like he was missing it didn't feel like it was wrong yeah it just was fine and I think we needed that break in that routine to like show us that it doesn't matter that it's okay that this one day doesn't really mean anything you know it's true like yeah. it's time with our family that matters. Mm-hmm. It's quality time with our family that's important. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was it was a really interesting thing that happened. This and I'm and I'm only just realizing it or talking about it now because we're talking about because mind you, because spoiler alert, it's Christmas time in the snow globe, so yeah. that's what everyone's talking about. You know, I know, and here we are in spring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Anyway, so then after him, after the guy with the kids, it's um. The lady who it's kind of unclear what her problem is, because, again, she doesn't much do much talking. Yeah. Eric's basically just telling her, you know, go if you if you want somebody to give you a gift for Christmas, then meet somebody that's going to do that for you, I guess. Or something like that. Or like get yourself the gift. Right. And then and but then he's also. But then he kind of throws it in her court saying, if you want a gift, why don't you give a gift yourself? And mm. so and then he just go, goes back to love, like give love, right. you'll get love. Right. And and then she got quiet. And then, oh, my God, she totally. OK, she was going to proposition him. Right. Do you think so? Because she, she takes a minute because he's telling her he's like, he's like, you know, love is the best gift of all. Like, love's great. And he looks she looks at him for a minute and he kind of like reads her face a little bit and she goes never mind and he's like no no what and she goes well i was just gonna say i mean if you weren't married and then she cuts herself off did she say married yeah she said married oh shit and here i was thinking she was gonna say like yeah you know if you weren't dying i was gonna throw this advice back at your face no literally i think she was gonna be like if you weren't married i'd totally like bone you or something like uh, once again, women throwing themselves at Eric. Like, we got to get that in one last time Seriously. in this last season. Like, Jesus Christ. The only thing the that man was missing. is dying and he's still getting ass. <laughs> like- <laughs> Don't worry. He gets a kilt in the end. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll get there. No, but I just want to say this. What's his name? Stephen Collins can pull off a motherfucking kill. <laughs> the man's got legs for it. Yeah. He looks good in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was not... I was here for it. Just saying. Um, I want to know how heavy a kilt is. Like how know, heavy the fabric might be. I think it must be it has to weighted, be, right? Because right? otherwise it'd be flying up all day long. Yeah. You know, and they don't wear underwear under those things. Yeah. And it's like pleated. And well, some of them have pleats. But I'm yeah. Sh- I'm sure it's it's a heavy wool. Yeah. But I'm sure it's also got that lining on the mm-hmm. inside that helps give it that weight. Yeah. You know how like if there's no lining, it tends to be more like exactly. easily, you Too know. flowy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when the um, wind comes. Ooh. Right. <laughs> have you ever Um, watched that show outlander no i know you love it i i kind of stopped at some point and not because i didn't like it one i kind of fell off the wagon um two it was dude it's it's pretty fucking intense but you see them talking about like behind the scenes like talking about wearing a kilt and putting it on theirs is not like how eric's looks okay it's really wrapped around them oh like 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like you just slipped it on and zipped exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They wrap it. And I was like, wow. which is the authentic way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I was like, okay, so basically a toga, but wool? Like, <laughs> but I don't know. It's yeah. really, it's interesting. The clothes were really pretty. But, anyways. That's the kind of like, that's the bummer about kilts is like, I love kilts. Like, yeah. it just bugs me that, like, I can't wear one. Not that I can't wear one. Yeah. But it's not like traditionally worn by women. Like, it would be quote-unquote wrong of me yeah to wear one or you know what i mean like non-traditional i guess to wear one yeah definitely but and, i but i don't know why it would I, yeah i don't like i don't so, know the so history what did to, women wear then dresses like, dresses like okay, long right. gowns and men wore kilts because of like what freedom of movement and battle and stuff i maybe because you know the scots with battling like, and the clans and blah yeah, yeah but also like this is maybe a tangent, but who cares? Um, <laughs> whatever. We can cut it out if it's so crazy. But so when I was in Scotland, which you've been to, too. I haven't been to Scotland. I've been to really? Ireland. Yeah. I didn't know you've never been to Scotland. I've been, I've been dying to go, but oh I haven't been. Oh, my God. Yeah. T, you need to go to Scotland. Ugh, I'll go with you. I loved it there. Okay. Um, so in Edinburgh is where you have the castle, right? Like yeah. Edinburgh Castle. Is it Edinburgh Castle? Isn't Scotland? it? Yeah, Edinburgh Castle, um, which is the capital. And so the castle is up on this like cliff Mm -hmm. like because like the city basically sort of like ramps up to this cliff where this castle is you know like up on this mountain thingy it's not really a mountain whatever I'm getting too detailed but so and it's built there yeah and it's surrounded by water on all sides wow on purpose strategically yeah so that you could see your enemies on all sides and know that it's your countrymen behind you, Mm. you know? So like they're, they took their like protection of their land and like their, the way that they like, you know, like handled their business, like very seriously. Yeah. It was like super strategic, super, obviously, especially when we're talking like 15, 1400s, yeah. God knows how long ago, you know, like we're, you know, primitive shit. Like you never know who's going to come up and like seriously. murder you. Right. So there was no. like, you know, keep all your enemies on at sea so that you can see them coming, you know? Damn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's cool. Need to go. Uh, We get it, Ruthie. We get it. It, it, uh, Truly, though. Truly, (laughs) I get why she loves it there so much. (laughs) Edinburgh, especially, like, stole my heart. Like, I left my heart in Edinburgh. It's Mm -hmm. such a magical city. It's this perfect combination of old and new. Yeah. The historic and the modern. Like, it's just. You're not the first person to say that. Yeah. Like I've met a few people that have been to Edinburgh or just Scotland in general, mm-hmm. been around and they say they just fall in love and they love the people. Mm-hmm. They love, I don't know. They were just saying how everybody's super fucking yeah. nice. They really are. Yeah. So it's all good. Yeah. It's, I want to go. I yeah. want to go one day. I know that's the one place where I could see myself going back because my whole thing with traveling is because it's so few and far between for me. Like I never want to go to the same place twice. Like I get that see, see most of the world as, po- or as much of the world as possible. Yeah. Right. But I will and would definitely go back to Scotland again and again. It's mm. such a beautiful, beautiful place. Okay. Uh, my heart. Anywho. So, um, 
Okay, yeah. And then the last person I think that he talks to is this like old woman, this elderly, like probably in her 70s or 80s yeah. year old woman who is still holding on to this grudge. Yeah. Or not grudge, but like this like this ill will towards her mother mm-hmm. from like fucking 70 years ago. Yeah. Where her mom never got her this one doll she wanted. Yeah. And like her brothers like got more toys and more things that they wanted and she never really did and she's never forgiven her mom for that yeah and so eric's like dude like you gotta let it go <laughs> like but the worst part is when eric's like she sent your brothers off to your aunt so that they could eat it was the great depression <laughs> i was like what i swear <laughs> i swear it's like yeah no shit they got quote-unquote opportunities yeah <laughs> you know? like, it was the 30s <laughs> it, so funny so yeah funny. it's I'm true like, woman you need to learn uh, to let go but see this is the thing like I I I know people like this yeah. who 70 years later are still hanging on mm-hmm. to like maybe not that level of petty shit but like they're still hanging on to like ill feelings from when they were kids like how toxic is that you know like yeah. you're literally killing yourself from the inside <laughs> yep. like let it go especially at your age or that like at your advanced age in life like you've only got so many years left be at peace oh my gosh (laughs) you know it's crazy yeah um so anyway so he hits all those people and at the end of the day i think like he feels good about it you know like he, he he takes a minute to like reflect on the good work he did you know Um, Okay, so what I want to do now is I want to cut over to the other storyline in this episode, which is the Ruthie and T-Bone thing. Oh, yeah. So our episode opens with Ruthie coming down the stairs, right? Living her day. Now she's back home. The thing she's done a million times. Um, She comes down the stairs. She's in the hallway and T-Bone's there. Mm. And they have this little exchange about like school. Like, and now I can't remember, is it Ruthie that Ruthie needs to go to school? She's like, we got to go. I have to register, blah, blah, blah. Does she? Oh, I guess so, yeah. No, you know what it is? Actually, I'm wrong. She's the one who's griping because she's like, oh, school is so stupid. Like, we don't really, we don't learn anything. Yeah. I I just went for a whole day and all I did was register for classes. She's like talking shit about school here in America because yeah. she's had the taste of that Scottish good good, you know? Yeah, we le- we had a philosophy class. He goes, oh, I like philosophy. That's right. Oh, T-Bone. And so T-Bone's on the other hand being like trying, you know, he's playing off of her. Yeah. But he's like, well, do you know, don't you know we have to go and be scholars and school and whatever? And she's like, well, that's cool. And so almost to shut her up, but also in a cute move. He just like goes in for the kiss, man. Yeah. He like grabs her face, bends a full 90 Nin- degrees. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's a little awkward. I mean, look, I'm all here for T-Bone and Ruthie, but like this whole kissing arrangement just is a little off. She's <gasps> Well, she's just a little one and he's super duper tall. She's way too short for him. Yeah. 
Which I don't actually believe in that as like a thing for couples. Like there's no such thing as a height mm-hmm. differential that's too great. Yeah. Um, but she's so short that, yeah, he has to fully bend to 90 degrees. Yeah, dude. It's like he he like bent forward and to the side. <laughs> yeah. And Well, it was all, yeah, it was all a little like haphazard because I, yeah. I don't think he was like planning it. Like I think it just sort of like happened. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when he first saw her last night, like yeah. he liked her. And so now he's like, making the move bye bye lucy hello ruthie i know seriously because t-bone's been like barking up the lucy tree the whole time he's like (laughs) yeah just admires and loves her (laughs) which okay now that you've said that Uh, do you feel like ruthie's like his like he thinks that ruthie is like the next best thing i don't think so i think i think he saw ruthie really likes her okay yeah i think he's into it good because it would break my heart if he's just with her because he wants a camden yeah (laughs) oh my god that's so sad it's like robbie all over again robbie wait monsieur (laughs) robbie I forgot about that. Throwback. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, okay. shit. Um, Bye, Robbie. <laughs> so, anyway, so that happens. And they both are just like, okay, that happened. And yeah. the twins catch mm-hmm. it from across the hall from, like, they're peeking from their bedroom. Seriously. And so whatever. So then they go to school. Mm-hmm. And T-Bone's, like all over Ruthie like she's just trying to like do her routine like locker go to class whatever and he like won't leave her side and they're like talking about it like you know she's like this is wrong you're practically like my brother like yeah you know whatever and he's like no I'm not like yeah. I'm it's not like your parents adopted me you know and and Ruthie this isn't a Martin situation it's not a Martin situation not that they had adopted Martin either no but like with see with Martin and Ruthie, they were both living together and growing up together in that house. And they were friends first. And they were friends. But with like T-Bone has been there, what, like maybe a couple weeks or a couple days, something like that. Not long enough. And now she just came in. Right. She hasn't even been there this whole time exactly. that he's been there. So he feels like he, they're at, it's kind of like even footing, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And and she says, you know, like, don't stand so close. Like, she's yeah. just like, stop hovering over me. Like, especially at school. Like, people are going to talk. This is awkward. Like, whatever. Like, she's not looking for that kind of boy attention anymore. Yeah, that's true. She's not. It's a far cry from the Ruthie of last season. Or, yeah, where she was all about boys. Like, mm-hmm. she clearly... I'm sure she likes T-Bone. Like, let's not yeah. make her, let's not kid ourselves that she's not into being kissed and being liked by a boy. But I genuinely believe her when she's like, okay, can you just like step off? <laughs> like, yeah. not at school, please. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's true. Very different this time, Ruthie. Okay, I like it though. Yeah, I mean, good for her. Clearly she's had a, she's had a taste of that worldliness, you know, yeah. being in Scotland and she's not like... Boy crazy? Boy crazy or like that, that, super like american style of like teen romance yeah, you know yeah, where yeah. it's all like all hot and heavy in the hallways all the time <laughs> you know? oh that reminds me of never been kissed do you think we could work around a schedule because they're always like making out at our locker <laughs> yeah exactly like in teen like in american teen romance rom-com stuff like yeah. it's always like you know hands in ass pockets yeah. and you know like like raunchy shit yeah which is I don't even know how much of that's real, like in real life. I don't know. We never went to public school, so I don't know. But 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how raunchy people get in high school anymore. American listeners who went to a public high schools or had experiences like that, like, let us know. Are teen rom-coms painting the right picture? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, anyway, so, but then that next day or that night or whatever, oh, yeah. they're in the kitchen. No, the best part is because Annie's like, it's, it's awkward between you guys. You guys are like... Right, because they sense, because they pick up on the awkwardness between Ruthie and T-Bone, but they think, Annie and Eric think it's because they don't like each other, yeah. or, or like, or that they're not getting along, or exactly. whatever. And so, they, like, force Ruthie to go down there and, like, talk to him, and, like, get it all in the open. There's a part of me that Ruthie goes, okay, I just got a <laughs> ticket to go make out again. Uh, but see, again, I don't know that she, like, necessarily... I don't, oh, okay, let me take that back. Ruthie, I think, wants to keep the upper hand here. Yeah. Especially because she's been burned with Martin before. Mm -hmm. I think she's trying to, like, keep her head above water. Like, she's trying to, like, play it cool. Yeah. You okay. know? Like, I think she is into t and I think she does want to kiss him and make out with him and stuff. But it's like, she also doesn't want to lose her upper hand. Yeah. So she's trying to be all like you know, you're too young for me or whatever. And, and he's like, we're the same age. What are you talking about? Yeah. And also like, I've had more life experience. So technically I'm older than you or like, at least we're the same age. Yeah. Um, and the back and forth, if I'm a man, if I'm a woman. Yeah. And so they're doing that. And then they just, they kiss again. Yeah. And this time it's like a real kiss. Like, on both of their parts yeah and they do that thing of like they break apart then they kiss again they break apart and they kiss again because like they're both into it obviously yeah and then you get the creepers yeah <laughs> annie and eric kicking it by uh, at the stairs spying on them like all good spies do from the yeah. stairs <laughs> and apparently very happy with this situation apparently they don't honest, they don't hate it i love that they love it yeah, it's true. It's nice that they're not going to give her a hard time about this. You know, they really like T Bone. Yeah. yeah, and I also think too, from like the meta perspective, like for the audience, like been there, done that with the parents not liking Ruthie's boyfriends. Mm -hmm. You know, so I also just think like, okay, so let's see what it's like if it's good. <laughs> you yeah. know, if, if 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 everyone's cool with this yeah. kind of a situation. You know, um, but yeah, I think it's cute. It I'm excited cute. to see where this goes not for nothing but this is the thing that i knew was coming remember i told you that the spoilies spoiled something for me uh, this was it like so i knew this was coming i've known for a couple episodes now okay um but i'm i'm liking it i'm liking how it's unfolding mm -hmm. um i think it's cute i think they're gonna be it's gonna be fun to see what happens with these two yeah i think the two lines that i really like is when annie throws it back at eric saying i think you're too immature for me <laughs> oh, yeah when they're going upstairs to have sex yep god man they just have it oh. eric's libido has like kicked into gear well dude. it met up with annie's because annie that's was all true. about it in the beginning that's true. but ever since he got his death sentence it's like wow let's fuck all day long <laughs> <laughs> and then of course t-bone's line thank you for your daughter <laughs> fucking t-bone he wants to say thank you for dinner yeah and he, uh, he Freudian slips daughter in there like oof. And he's like what? Like the look on his face like did I just say daughter? <laughs> he even catches himself like ooh. He's like I fucked up. I gave it all away. <laughs> oh my gosh. So the thing so then so the whole kilt of it all happens because while they're at school, mm -hmm. while Ruthie and T-Bone are at school, um she 
calls her dad or her dad calls her whatever and he's like hey this package came addressed to me from scotland is this like an early christmas gift and she's like you can open it it's not a christmas gift it's just something i saw and got for you and then he opens it it's the kilt and he loves it Mm -hmm. and so he puts it on immediately he's like i'm gonna wear this to work today Yeah, he did put it on. Yeah. And and I liked it. I liked that he went to church with a kilt, didn't give no fucks. No, he, no I mean, fucks he's, given. He's wearing his like suit jacket, tie, like upper upper half is like business. Yeah. And then he's got a kilt with his long socks and his loafers, you know. <laughs> Those socks are good. Those yeah, are nice socks. I'm telling you, the man wears a kilt. Like it looked good on him. Mm-hmm. And I didn't hate it. Yeah, the upper half with like his uh yeah, with his blazer and mm-hmm. Button up tie. No. I wonder which. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just thinking like. Like seeing that every day. Imagine like that's your reality. Right. Seeing everybody in a kilt. Um, Like like if you lived in Scotland, you know what I mean? Which mind you, like in Scotland today, it's not like they're all just going around wearing kilts. No, now it's just not. They reserve it for like traditional moments and stuff, I'm sure. But. Um, but yeah, I know. Like, what a life, right? Like, it's just like women in dresses and men in kilts. I love it. <laughs> or women in pants because fuck yeah, feminism. <laughs> um, so anyway, so then he goes to work that day. He's wearing his kilt. He's loving it. Yep. And one by one, yeah, every person he helped in the first half of the episode. Mm-hmm either comes in or calls him or whatever to let him know that he's helped them like cross that finish line or like jump that hurdle and like get going on the path of Mm -hmm. doing the right thing. Yeah. So girl with aunt Pearl. Yeah. (laughs) Rhyme intended. Yeah. Um, what does she say she's doing? She was at the market buying dinner. Okay. And buying herself dinner. And then she mentions the guy's name. He was there also buying dinner. And apparently he always tries to sit next to her at church. And yet she makes herself sit by this family to keep them separated. Right. And, and she goes, I wasn't aware. And he looks at her, like raises his eyebrow, like you weren't aware of what you were doing. And yeah. then she's like, okay, fine. I was. But basically took him to Aunt Pearl's. Oh, that's right. She she they yeah. hit it off, and so that's going to be her date to the reunion that yeah. year. And like, it'll get Pearl off her back. Plus, she's happy with him. Yeah, so she's digging him. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, and then Phil. What does Phil say he's going to start doing? He said he he's going to start on that program, like of eating right and okay, working right. out. But also, he had a very long talk with his wife and is in one hundred percent support. Apparently, okay, good. So he turned. The dynamics around in right. the house and plus for himself. Yeah. And it, and, and it gave him that jump start he needed to like start taking care of himself exactly. and everything. Yeah. And I and it's worth noting, like with each of these things as they're coming back around and like telling Eric that they that he helped them or whatever, like you can see like his heart grows three sizes each yeah. time. Like he really genuinely feels so fulfilled uh-huh. and like happy like with each person like he feels not only good about that he was able to help them but like i genuinely think like it he he feels like he helped himself you know yeah like like i don't know it's cool um well i mean it feels good knowing that people are doing better yeah it it does and it's nice to see change that's the best way to put it and yeah it paid off and then what is it? I'm forgetting her name. The girl that about her brother. Right. She calls him. Yeah. And 
because it's like she's in a park or something. I don't know. She's on the phone with him. And she tells him like, yeah, I reached out to my brother and like amazing news. There might even still be a chance for him and his ex-fiance. Yeah. Like, you know, like we could get back around kind of a thing. And like, it's so great. We're talking again. We're catching up. Like, we're cool. And she also says like, don't wait next time to yell at me. (laughs) Right. Like, I was like, okay, okay. So... They're all saying this this change is good. Mm-hmm. Let it stay. This, like tough love thing is like yeah. working. Um the woman who was like I guess like alone or feeling lonely yeah. about her life. Give or whatever, love, you get love. Right. Decides that she's going to adopt a family of five children from Ethiopia. Yeah. And because she says, she says, like, I've always wanted a dozen kids. So I'm adopting these five from Ethiopia. Yeah. And I'm like, OK, zero to 60 real quick. <laughs> but I mean, hey, if you've got the means and this is what you want, like, go I, for it. I, I don't know. That. Zero to 60 real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. For my money, it's a little cuckoo. But yeah, hey. seriously, five kids. That's a lot. And how? What are their age gaps? Yeah. Like, what's like? What <laughs> is the youngest? Two? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, listen. That's not nothing. That's a huge undertaking yeah. she's chosen for herself. But, but more power to her. Apparently, she know? has all all the things to provide. Like, she has right. the money. She has the house. She has the time. Apparently, right? Yeah, so. good for her. Um, and then. The only thing that doesn't get resolved is like we don't see the old woman come back around. She does come back around. Oh, actually. she does. She does, and apparently she let it go somehow. I guess she just says like, "You're right. I let I let it go." I don't I, know. I think she gets in contact with her family again. Oh, that's right, because she had been like begrudging her yeah. brothers all this time. Like she's estranged from her family. That's man. right, because she hated her mom so much. And so she's like, so she's like, no, I don't. That's not my game anymore. Just the way you said it. Yeah. Cause she hates her mom so much. Like, fuck. So that's what basically she's saying. I know. I know. But it's just like laid it out. You know, she hates her mom. As you do. <laughs> um, and then, okay. And then, the, and then I want to, this is a weird bone of contention between us. You swear that at the first half, there's a couple that doesn't want to get married. Well, the guy doesn't apparently. He's I, not ready. I don't remember it that way at all. Cause they don't even talk. Like he just says he's not ready. Like he's chasing them. Oh. He's chasing them as they're like making a right at a so church. It's not like a whole scene no, or no, whatever. No, no. Okay. You only see them come back in. That's right. And then they come back in. They're like holding hands and they're like, we're ready or yeah. whatever. And we we set a date for New Year's Eve next year. Right. I do remember the New Year's Eve moment. Yeah, so yeah. I, I know that that's true. Um, so so basically, like, again, it all comes home to roost. Yeah. And as soon as that all that happens and every and he's like sitting there and he's like loving life. He's wearing his kilt. He's crushing his game. Yeah. Like everything's cool. Annie calls him. She's like, you know, when are you coming home? Dinner's almost ready. We're yeah. going to have amazing lean pork chops and vegetables. Yeah. And it's going to be so good. And he's like my favorite dinner. Yes, yum. If my family, she starts telling him that like every single one of the kids is gonna be home for Christmas that yeah, year. Yeah, he goes. He goes even Matt, and she's like even Matt, and like even Mary, even Mary, and Diamond, like, yeah, all of them. They're all gonna come home, and like what a blessing that is. And he's just like his heart is so full. Yeah. And so with like a pep in his step, he goes to the parking lot to get in his car. And who appears out of the darkness in a halo of light? Stanley. Stanley the Manly. He's wearing, out, wait, wearing Eric's jacket. Wearing Eric's jacket. Kevin's sweater. 
Pro- right. And probably, and probably his, his pants, pants and shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh stanley um so he approaches eric and he's like hey man like you know how's it going kind of thing and eric's like hey stanley and right away because the episode takes on this tonal change yeah like the minute stanley comes on the scene like the music changes everything like the vibe of the episode changes and like you and i both picked up on it right away yeah we're like like, okay guardian angel for sure yeah like this is clearly not like real right like it's clearly like like a dream he's having or some sort of a vision Mm -hmm. or something and um you know like they're talking and stanley keeps interjecting with you know, why haven't you asked to live? Yeah. Like, why don't you ask to live though? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and then as he's leaving, he says one last time, don't forget to ask to live. Yeah. And Eric, I think like he hears like, like his subconscious is telling him that. Right. And yeah. then so consciously he hears it mm-hmm. and you get this like major, like crane overhead shot yeah. of like him alone in this dark parking lot under a street lamp or whatever. Seriously, And he's like looking up and like, you know, like talking to God kind of a thing, like asking mm-hmm. to live. And then you tell me, does he end up like clutching his heart or his arm or something? Or does it just fade to black? I think like you see this look of worry or something on his face. Like yeah. you see him going shit like this look of what the fuck is yeah. happening right now. But he's not he doesn't. He, there's no physical no. affectation. You just okay. see his like you see the expression it on just his changes, face. Right. Yeah. And then and, then and just, he asks again. He, I think he asks twice. Actually. Okay. Yeah. He goes, please, Lord. And like you, you look up to the moon and then fade yeah. away yeah man so guys did he die <sighs> no way in hell he died right like it's way too soon in the season we're only halfway through and if we know brenda hampton nope <laughs> no one's dying tonight but i i don't know are, is he just collapsing in the parking lot like are they gonna find him yeah that's the part that's freaking me yeah. out too but I will say, I love Stanley when he asks, how's Reverend Kinkirk? It's yeah. so cute how he asks. I, know. <laughs> I don't know. I find it adorable. Yeah. But again, see, okay. So it begs the question, like, at what point in the episode does it go from reality to a vision in his mind? I have no idea. Because realistically, like, are all the kids coming home for Christmas? <laughs> You know, uh, like maybe that was just like his fantasy life moment of like Annie telling him all this amazing news and then him like pepping his step going to the thing and then Stanley appearing to him. Maybe all of that was like, a, for lack of a better term, dream sequence. I don't know. You know, the part of me can't like I believe they're coming home. OK, I know that sounds crazy, but the reason why like they don't know that like we don't know if Eric is going to live. You get what I'm saying? Like, right. Like for, for all we know, there is a death sentence. He has an expiration date. Sure. So therefore I really do think that the kids are going to come home. They're We're gonna not going to the effort. To yeah. Do it. I don't think we, the audience are going to see them. I think that they're going okay, to, that's dis- a good point that they're going to discuss this saying, Oh yeah, Christmas was so great. Matt and Sarah, they were all home. That's a good point. I, I think, think and I think that that that's true cuz in my mind I was like there's no way we're going to get all fucking seven of them in under one roof again. That would have been awesome, but It would have been awesome, but it's not happening. Yeah. But I think you're right. Like from the character perspective, like they will have all made the effort to be there for Christmas this one last time potentially. Yeah. And then they can just like talk about it as if it happened exactly. kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's what I think. That tracks. <laughs> Thank um. you. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks things. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's pretty much the episode. The twins are barely in it. Lucy pops in for half a second yeah. to say that she's going up to San Francisco for, for the weekend with Kevin. Yeah. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about is Jane and Margaret. So, uh, yeah. So Jane and Margaret are charged with taking care of Savannah. So like yeah. they're taking her and the dogs for a walk. Mm-hmm. And while they're walking, Jane's talking about how she has this interview with this environmental agency. Yeah. Which like Eric kind of low key like helped set up, you know? Yep. And um, and she's really excited about it because, you know, her she's all like vegetarian and whatever. Yeah. And then as they're walking, this woman comes out of her house holding this newborn, or not a newborn, but like a baby. Yeah. And I don't know why she talks to them in the first place. Like what prompts her to like t- engage with Jane and Margaret? That's the weird thing too. It, it, like what? They were passing by. She comes out the door. Oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you too. You know, whatever. Seriously, what is, what is Glen Oak? I swear to God. You trust everybody on that, <laughs> on the God. sidewalks? What is it's this? It's so bizarre. And not only that, but like what, what happens next is even more fucking crazy. She's, she sees that Jane and Margaret are like taking care of Savannah and stuff. Yeah. And, um, she goes, you know, like if you're interested, like I've been looking for somebody cause I want to go back to work and I don't want to take her to like daycare all day. So I've been looking for somebody who can like babysit her, yeah. you know, and Margaret literally does not, she basically talks over this woman and says, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. And then she starts naming all the things that they're going to do together. And she starts immediately. Yeah. Like she just like takes this baby from this woman's arms and is like, we're best friends now. <laughs> like, oh <my> okay. <laughs> And this woman's like here for it. She's like perfect. She's like you're hired. (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) life is great. But but I'm happy for them because Margaret wants to go back to school, and so she can do that at night. Yeah. During the day, she'll take care of this baby, which is what she wants. She loves that, so good for her. Yeah. And Jane's gonna do what she wants to do, so good for her. As of right now, it seems like they both have a plan. Yeah. Which is like they're like they're headed down the right path, kind of a thing for themselves. So. Like, yeah, it's not just like they're just shitting around in the Camden house. Like, they're trying to make moves for themselves. So that's good. It's about time. Yeah. Yeah. Stop calling T-Bone's mom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we don't have any Mac or Sandy bullshit in this episode. No. We don't. Yeah, no Mac Mm -mm. or Sandy, huh? Finally. Like, a reprieve from that. Right. I say Mac and Sandy because now that's a thing. But, like, you know what I mean. Like, Sandy bullshit. We didn't see Kevin again in this episode. Right. He's not in this one either. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's about it. I really... Yeah, that is it. Let's rate it. Ah, two two thumbs up? Two thumbs up. Really? Two thumbs up. You know, I'm... I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to stick to it. I, 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 I don't care to defend it or not. Like, I'm, yeah, two thumbs up. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I think I got to go one thumb up, one thumb down on this yeah. one. <laughs> Although, I mean, yeah, yeah I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to go one up, one down because, I don't know, like, it's a good episode. Like, I don't have anything really, like, against it. I just think it's a little, like it lacks a little meat on its bones, you know, like it doesn't quite have full range, you know, of like a full episode kind of thing. Like it's just basically like two halves of one sandwich, you know, true, true. Um, that was a weird metaphor. (laughs) Two halves of one sandwich. (laughs) What? (laughs) You know, (laughs) 
That's a new one, folks. Yeah. Make that the new hashtag. You're, two halves of one sandwich. Okay, two halves of one sandwich. Uh, um, you're like, it's just missing the meat, but you're getting all the condiments on both sides, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sandwich sounds so good right now. Doesn't it? I'm kind of hungry. Like a turkey and provolone with some lettuce and tomato. Ooh, Like, girl. I just want that crunch of a sandwich. Yeah. Ooh, on like a baguette. Oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're so mean. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, well, that's going to do it for us, folks. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. You can find us on social media at For Heaven's Sake Pod. Send us your emails at show at gmail.com. We are gearing up to do something fun for our series finale. So we want to hear from you guys. Send us your thoughts, your questions, your your things that we need to know, things that you want to ask us that you've always wanted to know about us or about us and the show, whatever. Um, we will read all that stuff and we really want to hear from you guys. So uh, we're, we're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash the number four heavens sake pod. Uh, we do two bonus episodes a month of live commentary on movies that T has seen that I have not. It's extra fun stuff. Extra fun stuff. And listen, if that's too much for you and you feel like, oh, you can't commit to that level, that's totally understandable. We appreciate you no matter what. Um, we also have the keep the lights on tier, which is literally just a dollar a month. Um, and what that'll do is help keep our lights on keep this show going long after it ends yeah. and available to you guys for your listening pleasure forever <laughs> <laughs> so that's that patreon.com slash for heaven's sake pod and until next time bye bye